Boy, this has not happened in a long, long time. A long time. What, us on time or us early? It's a John show and we literally went live before 01. It, it was six o'clock <laughs> on the nose when I hit go live. I mean, six o'clock and 40 seconds, but. It's close enough. We it, ain't no, it ain't here. no five after the hour. <laughs> we round down. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 244, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats are around on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We do drink alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat, and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. That's right. Welcome to the show. John, how you doing? Oh, it's, uh, I was doing all right. It's, it's been a busy day. Uh, it's been a busy week. The IT department at my work, uh, one got sent to Florida to set up some new offices and the other one decided to take a vacation. So I've been pulling triple duty. Yay. And then, and then, uh, it was like, uh, four to five minutes before five o'clock. And I was like, Oh, I, I gotta leave early right at five to, to, to get to craft computing. Our whole office internet goes down. Network is still up, but internet's oh. down, and everyone's freaking out. I'm just like, uh, oh, that I'm sounds like, like it's out of scope. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, I'm sure it'll come back. Yeah. I'll come back to check in the morning. <laughs> it was you were all going to go home anyway. I know. Well, that, yeah, exactly. I was like, well, who cares? Everyone's leaving. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, just our redundancy didn't, for some reason, click over. So I had to manually change over and, like, yep. all right, you know, not, nothing super hard, but it was, you know, oh, I'm uh, the miracle worker. You know, I'm Scotty. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, literally eight minutes before the show started, I got my email that my Starlink order is ready to fulfill. Uh, nice. So... I'm going to pull the trigger on that, and uh, hopefully from now on, I won't have any internet issues at all. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't had network issues for quite some time. I think I've had one in the last six months or so. But uh, overall, Comcast has been pretty solid, <laughs> pretty solid for me. Uh, but I also know them, and they have many, many faces, only one of them good. Uh, so hopefully Starlink will give me just a little bit of redundancy. I I don't think I foresee myself switching permanently at all in the near future, if if at all ever. Like I've been wanting to have two ISPs for so long for so many different purposes. Uh, so yeah, that should be fun, and I'm hoping to be able to maybe do a review on that. So we'll see. Good. Then you can tell me how to work mine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You got yours. So yeah, I got mine two weeks ago. So nice. Very cool. Uh, well, 
I don't miss trouble calls at four minutes to five o'clock or being the only one on call or doing three people's job at the same time. So uh, I think I'll let you open the first beer tonight. What do you uh, what do you got lined up today? Well, it it is quite warm today. So I have the AC and a fan pointing on me. Uh huh. so if anyone sees my hair just randomly blow. Uh, you've already got like two or three comments going like, wow, John looks majestic tonight. Uh, but I find that nothing's better than a nice uh, cold sour. So I have Artisanals Ales Warhead Extreme Sour there. Uh, sorry, Blue Raspberry. Yeah. So we're going to start with a nice... Nice. Uh, I actually grabbed the wrong beer out of the fridge, so give me like five seconds here. <laughs> that color. Wow, that is an unnatural color. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I, it smells like candy. <laughs> well, I would hope so, having the Warhead kit on the front of it. Uh, so I've got two choices tonight. Uh, they could not be more different from one another. Uh, so this one you gave to me in a beer trade this last weekend. (laughs) Um, and you insisted that I drink it on the air. Uh, so that's one of them tonight. Uh, we have Elysian's Dank Dust. Uh, I actually gave that to someone else, too, who just opened it today. Yeah. Um, Uh, So it's an IPA. Uh, It is 8.2%. So it's a a moderate moderate body IPA. Uh, But I guess... If you know what dank means, (laughs) uh, you can know what to expect in this. Uh, And then I saw this the other day, and I... Just kind of had to pick it up. It sounded interesting. Uh, this is a canned cocktail from Craftwell Cocktails. Uh, they're actually here in the Northwest. I think they're... Oh, they're in Corvallis. Corvallis, Oregon. Uh, this is a wine cocktail, and it is a pineapple margarita. Uh, Ooh. 10.5%. Ooh. So, like, like a genuine, like, good ABV cocktail. And 12 ounces of it. So, I went... Heck yes, I want to give that a shot. Uh, so, well, I don't know which one I want to open first, though. <laughs> here's the thing. I do genuinely think the beer might ruin the palate of whatever <laughs> you have next. Yes. Yeah, I, I was actually just like, okay, my wheels are turning. <laughs> which, which, Like, they're both going to be a little bit better cold. Yes. But... Yeah, I, th- I think we'll go with the uh, the pineapple margarita. So this is Craftwell Cocktails pineapple margarita. I will say, it looks like a margarita. All right. You gotta. Oh, you didn't salt the rim. I didn't. I I left my. I I do have a salter or a rimmer kit upstairs, so I didn't bring it down. Oh, I didn't eat. No, I stopped uh, seeing what people were drinking. I should go check that out really quick. I will say, smells like pineapple. Smells like tequila. Yeah. 
that is not half bad. Really? That is actually quite enjoyable. Yeah. And I'm not even the biggest fan of tequila, but... Uh, now, is there tequila in it, or is it one of those malt liquor cocktails? It's not a malt liquor. Uh, this is okay. a wine-based cocktail. It's apple oh, okay. wine. Apple wine. Uh, uh, so it, it's, uh, it is made with, or it's, it's wine that's made in the Pacific Northwest. So it's Oregon wine. Um, I'm assuming apple and grape. Uh, but apple wine with natural flavors, it says. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, it's not just a malt liquor; it's a, a more of a wine liqueur. Right. Thing. Exactly. Um, so, I'm sure there might be a little bit of uh, 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 agave syrup or something like that to kind of give like it that. that that tang. Uh, yeah. No, this is not at all unpleasant. Uh, like, and ten and a half percent, and it oh. does not drink like that. That's always it. all right. What? got a couple of people uh we'll see what they're drinking uh we got american cogsworth is drinking a everybody's brewing foggy googles hazy ipa so that's uh some pacific northwest beer right up here <laughs> uh, uh novella hubs got a Hopworks uh bourbon barrel aged winter ale 11.3 percent that sounds <laughs> wonderful my, uh, Michael Stevens is drinking some Kirkland's Irish Cream at 17%. That only cost him $17. I know that bottle. I know that bottle well. That is my my house Irish Cream. There is always a, a, a jug of that in my fridge. And uh, it was really funny because uh, uh, my wife the other, the other day... Uh, walked into the kitchen and wanted a glass of milk and she poured herself a glass of milk and then she took the Irish cream and just like dunked like an ounce in it. And she goes, I just wanted a little bit sweeter. Like I'm, I'm not like, you know, diving into the bottle or whatnot. I said, I use that instead of creamer. <laughs> like it's in my coffee like every morning. I just put that with my Cheerios. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> right, just mix it 50-50 with like some strawberry yogurt. <laughs> Uh, so we got a, a super chat from Harley, uh, who actually gave $10. Thank you, Harley. Mm -hmm. uh, gave it to John's pressure. Thank you so much. And now I'm having a Hoptimum to get me through the show. Hoptimum is fantastic. It's a great beer. Uh, it's a great beer. I gave one to Steve, and he was like, oh, this brings me back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't had one in a while. Yeah, no, I, it was a while since I even had one. That's the only reason I did a review on it. I was like, oh, I know this beer. I bet there's a thousand people. And then I looked up, when was the last time I had it? It was like 2016. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's been about that for me as well. Like, it was kind of one of the staples, staple IPAs. And then there's been so much good stuff in the last number of years. I've stopped kind of buying the staples as like a usual grocery trip. Well, that's yeah. That's even kind of what I <laughs> I stated was in my review. I looked up my Untapped and I actually commented on it and said, uh -huh. "Yeah, it's okay. It's a multi double IPA. Right. It's a nice multi double IPA. Nothing." But I'm thinking, okay, 2016 is the time just before hazy started taking over, and so everything tasted like that, and that's why I gave it an okay. Right. And then now I'm overly saturated with all these hazies. I'm like. I crave 
a nice clean double IPA that tastes like the Northwest. Right. And now I can like praise this thing tremendously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, it's really interesting uh, to go back and look at, you know, your untapped list over the last couple of years. Um, and I was actually thinking earlier this week, and yes, we'll get into the news in just a minute. Uh, I was thinking earlier this week about like my grocery store trips and whatnot, because I've got a couple phenomenal bottle shops very near me. And I go and buy so much specialty stuff like, you know, pineapple margarita and 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 all this other stuff that i uh i find myself going i don't want to spend the 20 bucks on on a a case of ninkasi or or stone or whatever the else the variety pack yeah but then i also thought but wait that means that when i want to have a beer with lunch i'm drinking a $5 beer instead of a $1.50 beer and I'm going through my specialty beers so much faster. So maybe those $20 packs are a way to actually lower my overall beer budget. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's what I've been doing. I will just go and buy. I just bought uh, a Sierra Nevada pack. It's yeah. like, oh, Dawn of the Red, I haven't had that. It was $16. I'm like, perfect for me. And yeah. that's what I'm going to have. Uh, like on a weekend instead of me binging on a bunch of really expensive beers, you know, yeah. I try to either say them for reviews or talking heads or when people come over. Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago, I bought a case of, uh, founders all day IPA. Uh, they had a 15 oh. pack case for 12 bucks. I spent less than a dollar a beer on yeah. a 4.7, you know, fantastic IPA and it's a dr drinkable, lunchable beer. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and I didn't have to break into my, you know, Elysian Dank Dust or my <laughs> uh, pre-prohibition, you know, hazy or like, yeah, <laughs> you know, my my or, or the specialty stuff someone might have sent you, and it's like I wanted to possibly save that for the show. Right, exactly. So, and, yeah. and now I have some cheap beer for Rhett to drink. That's exactly <laughs> right. Although after I drank another beer, uh. So yesterday or Monday, I think it was Monday, I had that one. Um, so we filmed a video on Monday, the day after that you uh, that we you and I did our beer trade. Um, and I had a specific beer on that. Uh, when I left your house, it was not opened, although the can was fairly damaged. Okay. On the ride home, it started seeping from the seal. Uh, oh. So I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it was the pastry stout. Oh. Um, now, it was leaking a little bit, but the can was still holding pressure. And, <laughs> and so when I and so I, I, I said, I'm going to try to drink this beer. I'm going to try to open it up. If it if I pop the top and no pressure comes out, I'm just going to abort. I'll, I'll go to a different beer because yeah. I'm not having a, you a know, flat, oh, a, it could be spoiled. So yeah, a spoiled pastry stout. Yeah. Um, uh, and and when I, and there's actually a ring at the bottom of my fridge from it leaking chocolate syrup out of the can. <laughs> um, I still haven't cleaned that off yet, but I I popped the top and pssst, so it, it like gave a little little bit of a pressure release and I went, okay, I think we're gonna be fine then. Um, and drank the beer. I didn't realize you could put half a chocolate cake at the bottom of a beer. Oh my god. That thing is, it's sweet, yeah. Oh my god. Um, I poured <laughs> the beer 
and the can still felt full with about this much. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it but sludge in the bottom of the can. And well, in fact, I and in fact, I swirled it around and swirled it around and then dumped that in, and it went into the glass, <laughs> and and it left chocolate syrup like on the rim of the can so much so that I could like scoop it with my finger and it wouldn't. It was like heavy enough to start like dripping off like a. <laughs> God, what the hell was that, John? <laughs> it's a cordial cherry. <laughs> it's fine. That's yeah. how it's made. It's they make it like how I used to make it. <laughs> it's true. Now, I'm I'm telling you, it's a new thing now. <laughs> I am the grandfather. I am I am the grandfather of the pastry beers. Yeah. Um. The way I described it, I think, was this is like a jammy sour had a bastard child with a pastry stout. <laughs> uh. So it's a good video. Anyway, let's jump into the news. Uh, uh, wait, wait, we did have, we, one, we more have one more super, super chat. chat. That's right. I remembered. Ha -ha. Uh, Andrew sends over five bucks. Thank you so much, Green. Uh, you guys are going to, you guys are both going to have Starlink. Did you guys spring for the roaming option? Apparently some people have that option for camping. Uh, I don't think either of us did. Uh, both of us are putting them at fixed locations for different purposes. Um, I'm going to use it for a backup internet connection here at home uh, and uh, possibly make it like a dev network. So if I wanted to like air gap a network and maybe host some services here at my house, uh, you know, community Minecraft server or some other thing like that, like might be kind of fun to not have to give out my home IP address uh, and not have to pay Comcast $500 a month for a couple static IPs. Like, there's there's some options that I have with uh, with a second ISP. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and I see Mr. Gearling is in the chat. Howdy, Jeff. Uh, Jeff says, not a fan of crypto going back up today. Need to keep mining unprofitable. Um, I think it's a rise before an even more dramatic fall, if, if you ask me. Uh, Part of me wonders if NVIDIA is pumping up Bitcoin and Ethereum in time for their 40 series launch. That's not that's not the first time I've heard that theory. Uh, and I think there might be something to that. So uh, I'm not going to say anything else, but there may be some. Well, crypto's, unregu crypto's <laughs> unregulated, so it's not technically backdoor deals. Like there's there's no SEC filings that they need to make to claim that you know, they're pumping money into something else, except like three months later, they'll go, oh yeah, we spent like $3 billion on crypto to pump up the value of it so people would buy our 4,000 series cards to start mining with again. Because we can't get out of our deal with TSMC or Samsung to uh, to not produce as many cards because we didn't tell our, our investors in the first place that uh, uh, the only reason cards were selling was because miners were buying them all. Well, wait, weren't they trying to... Uh, we'll get into it. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Celsius. Celsius is a uh, moderately sized crypto exchange business. Uh, they're uh, essentially a... Yeah, you could just call them an exchange, just like a currency yeah. exchange. You exchange your Bitcoin they're, for cash uh, yeah, or your, crypt, your crypto for cash. Um, and... Uh, They've been very careful to not call themselves a bank while also saying that banks are not your friend and you should just like 
Use us as a bank instead, even though we're not technically a bank and we're also not technically regulated. Oh, and also in the terms and conditions since 2018, it says you are simply giving us your crypto and whether or not we let you cash it back out or not cash anything out or not take your crypto back, that's on us because we own your crypto now. Uh, it's it's by our good graces that we're allowing you to you know possibly reaccess your funds. Well, as it turns out, Celsius uh, declared bankruptcy and not in the Michael Scott, I declare bankruptcy kind of way, but actually filed chapter 11. And Shocker. as it turns out, again, uh, Celsius owes $4.7 billion in crypto holdings to their customers, to their end users. Uh but that comes with a $1.2 billion shortfall in all of their company assets, not including their assets that are not even liquid. Uh, like, like they only have three and a half billion in cash. Uh, and cash or assets too. I think it's assets too. Right. Yeah. Sorry. They only have three and a half billion in cash and, or no, it's sorry. It's 4.5 billion in cash and assets. They owe some, they have five and a half billion in liabilities. Um, and 4.7 billion of that is owned to Celsius users. And Celsius has just $4.3 billion of assets. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there's, yeah that's there's a lot of different billions going around there. But <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, they're $1.2 billion short from fulfilling all of their liabilities. Uh, the majority of which uh, are more than the company is even worth and 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 owed to end users boy who could have seen this one coming what what <laughs> yeah uh so <laughs> yeah well i mean this always comes down to i mean just this, this is this is just dumb. what this have i the, been the saying thing? for like four years about non-regulated, non-traditional currencies. This is the risk you take when trading in non-traditional goods and and yeah. currencies that are not backed by a GDP. And you know, not that the U.S. dollar can't crash. Look at the euro right now. But you know, yes. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> if, if you have an unregulated currency, an unregulated uh, asset. And you give it to a bank, a, an exchange that is not regulated and not bound to actually give you your money back. And that bank just ceases to exist. Sorry. Do not pass yeah. go. Do not collect $200. Or in this case, $4.7 billion. I mean, the, the, on top of all of that, the whole idea of the crypto thing for like the the miners that we were discussing earlier they have their own wallets they're keeping their own crypto probably on their own server their own hard drive whatever this type of a company the uh, um you know celsius they're basically saying oh just go through us and we'll hold everything for you yeah. technically it's still ours that's literally like just saying hey hold my wallet and I'll just dump money into it. Mm -hmm. I hope you're going to give it back. That in itself is stupid. 
I'm sorry. If you, if you did that, that's just... Oh, and by the way, here's the terms and conditions that say when you give your wallet to me for safe holding, it's my wallet until I decide otherwise. Yes, exactly. I was just like, <laughs> what? You know, and then... Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, I know people sit there mm -hmm. and think, oh, this is fine. You know, I'll just get in and out of it. How could they legally do this? When you say, when you click yes, the terms and conditions, you know, you could literally be turned into a human sentai pad if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Uh, the bankruptcy filing notes that users who signed up for Celsius all agreed to this terms of service. And I'll actually uh, just directly quote this. The terms of, of yep. use that form the basis of the contract between Celsius and its users state that all right and title of their crypto uh, assets pass to Celsius, including ownership rights and right to pledge, repledge, hypothecate, rehypothecate, lend, sell, or otherwise transfer or use any amount of such crypto, whether separately or together with other property, for any period of time and without retaining in Celsius possession and or control, uh, uh, and to use to invest into, uh, cri into crypto in Celsius's full discretion. Celsius owns your money, owns your crypto, owns your wallet. And it's only because they allow you to withdraw it that you would have been able to withdraw it. Oh, wait, sorry, it's now shut down. And based on the liquidation and also the CEOs and CFOs and co-founders all cashing out multi-million dollars worth of currency in the last couple of months. Oh, uh, see CEO Alex uh, uh, Mashensky sold $44 million worth of Celsius crypto uh, since the company was founded. And I think about half of that in, the, in, in this calendar year. Uh, so. You guys didn't know how the market was going? I sold early. Why didn't you? It's not my fault you weren't paying attention and have access to all of these reports yeah. and information. What? You know, uh, no, 99% of the people that are on your uh, company that have signed up for you are just like, oh, I gave you $1,000. I'm mm -hmm. going to come back in five years. Hope my money tripled. Yep. And then just keep dumping my, or, or have the recurrency, uh, you know, minimum amount be dumped into it to constantly buy it. So every week there's another hundred dollars, another hundred dollars. And it's just like, ugh, so dumb. I, I mean, crypto in itself is just, it's the stock market. It's the, it's the wild, wild west of stock market too. On top of that, it's your betting on just someone saying something is worth something. That's right. It. That's all you're doing. Right. And and like I said, I've been saying that for four years uh, of. Again, it's a non-traditional currency. It's not a backed currency. It's not a regulated currency. The exchanges are not regulated. They're not insured. They're not government backed. They're not GDP yep. backed. They're not anything else. And make no mistake, I am no financial expert. I am not providing financial advice. I'm just calling. I'm calling a pump and dump what I see it. And. Boy, the people who already made, the people who pumped in their money took it out a long time ago. And now we're starting to see people who are left holding the bag. And the Ethereum miners that we covered last week who pretty much all lost money unless you got into and got out of at just the right moments in time, 
uh, you lost money long term. Uh, that's going to happen more and more until we run out of bags left to be held. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean. Uh, what I hate to say, say I told you so. Oh, wait. No, I don't. <laughs> what, what? I mean, you are literally gambling on a holding and you're going to hope, you know, in the next couple of years, it's going to go back to what it could be. I mean, like, <laughs> what was it? The I don't think it was a cover or not, but like Logan Paul lost like 50% of his net worth during this time because most of his money couldn't happen to a nicer up. guy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but it's just, okay. He's not like he's going to go out and sell it. He's just going to have to hold on to it. But the everyday average person that again, like with this company in Celsius, that's your everyday person essentially going into this. This is not your mm -hmm. celebrity people. Uh, these are people probably trying to make. I want to make like three to thirty thousand dollars, possibly. Are you telling me out. Sylvester Stallone wasn't genuine when he said that Bitcoin was going to the moon? You mean Sting Steven Seagal? Steven Seagal, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, I threw the wrong aging celebrity under uh, the bus. I know. How could you tell? I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I might have bought. I might have bought into a Steven or <laughs> Sylvester Stallone uh crypto yeah it's, it's, it's solid as a rock <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh you know what else the is Italian solid stallion coin you know what else is solid as a rock today's video sponsor fractal design fractal design first turned heads with the define series many years ago and they do so again with cases like their all new pop series Available in a variety of colors and designs, the Pop Air brings attitude to airflow. It boasts an iconic mesh front panel for high airflow and easy fan access, along with colorful internal panels, drive trays, and accents to make your build, well, pop. You'll also get your choice between tempered glass or solid steel side panels. Any budget, any build, Fractal Design has a case for you. Take the Meshify 2 Lite, for example, with four included RGB Aspect 14 fans, support for motherboards up to EATX, and a wide-open internal layout, it's the perfect foundation for your next build. There's no reason to strain your wallet to impress your friends. Fractal offers many elegant cases for budget-conscious builders. And for the rest of the month, you can get the Meshify 2 Lite on sale. So if you're looking for just the right case to finish off your latest build, make sure to follow the links down in the video description. And again, thanks to Fractal Design for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you. Thank you, Fractal. You know what would probably go really good in one of those Fractal Design cases? Our second sponsor. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get it out of the way now. Uh. Sorry, I thought you were segueing again. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm known for, Jeff. Uh, uh, what would go great inside one of those fractal design cases, John? You know, a nice, pretty, brand new hard drive. That's true. Uh, or, you know, like in the Meshify 2, where it'll hold 11 3.5-inch drives, maybe 11 22-terabyte drives. Uh, <laughs> as Western Digital... <laughs> has dropped the first consumer available 22 terabyte 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 I, I tried to say paratite uh terabyte hard drive 22 of them in fact uh so available in their standard uh black purple red and gold 22 terabytes now an option from western digital 
Oh, uh, and man. make no mistake, these are not SMR. These are CMR drives. These are ready for RAID, ready for NASA's, uh, ready for your home lab and or business. So, uh, man, I'd love to review like eight of these. <laughs> Please send them. Just throwing it out there. Like, like I, I got plenty of, of, of real estate out there to drop new drives into. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, again, I don't even comprehend, I don't remember how many times we are talking about just the state of, uh, sizes that we are getting in storage now versus, you know, how, when you and I grew up, we were lucky oh. to have, you know, 500 gigs and be like, oh man, I am on cloud nine. Well, well, you were the youngest child, so you got into it a little later. Uh, <laughs> 500. Like, I... I professionally replaced 500. I professionally replaced 80 gig drives. What am I talking oh, about? I... 80s and 40s and and uh, and whatnot. I still have some 40s. My first my first PC that I built myself had a 180 meg hard drive. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm talking like you know what I was said out there. Meg. Yes, I know what. Well, I'm talking though. What was that? A solid state? No. <laughs> Um, you know, going to fries and what was the top tier stuff? You oh go gosh! To fries. Um, I gosh. remember a one a one terabyte being like close to a thousand dollars. I don't think they were ever that much. I remember oh, two I terabytes think. being upwards of like four hundred uh, oh, when I they were I released. I, I I don't remember one terabytes ever quite hitting that number. Um, but I do remember like Western Digital Blacks being like. $329 or something like that uh, for for a two terabyte disc. Uh, but the crazy one to me is still SD cards and especially oh, yeah, like right? micro SD cards because I've, I've spent a dollar per megabyte on like 32 megabyte cards and 128 megabyte cards. Um, and I just threw a one terabyte into my switch for 80 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I threw a, a 500 gig in mine for like uh, 20. Yeah. Yeah, it it's absolutely nuts. Um, but the amazing thing about these 22 terabyte drives is they are using slightly more power under operation than some of their uh, earlier models. Uh, so as you can see here, the... 22 terabytes using about 9.3 watts under operation. Uh, and Western Digital normally ranges from between 6 and 6.9. Uh, but the mean time between failures is still projected at 2.5 million hours. And uh, they still come with a five-year warranty. So. And uh, again, for the size-wise and everything, price point, uh, MSRP, not that bad. It's coming in. They're expecting it. What they say, five ninety nine, so six hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean that's not really horrible, right? For for top end storage, that's not bad. Uh, what's really crazy is I'm I'm starting to price out like my next big storage upgrade, and, and I'm going, do I go eighteens or twenties? <laughs> like times 12. <laughs> I, I did add some to the cart the other day. I didn't quite pull the trigger, but I was close. 
Uh, All right, so so the first terabyte hard drive uh, debuted at three ninety nine. Yeah, and and that's about what I remember. Yeah, yeah the Hitachi Global Storage, one yep. terabyte, two thousand seven, yep. three ninety nine. Boy, was it only two thousand seven? Yeah, I, I thought com- it was- I did I did, I did commercially available. Right. No, I I thought I thought it hit consumers in like two thousand five, but I guess yeah, two thousand seven. Okay. Um, I've got a lot of one terabyte drives from 08 and 09, uh, still like cold storage on my shelf. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. There was a bunch of, there's a couple Seagates that came out that year too, for 300 Mm -hmm. bucks as well. Yep. I mean, okay. Think, think about that. 2007, 300 bucks got you either 500 gigs to one terabyte. Mm -hmm. If you just doubled that. Now for that for that price, you can get twenty-two terabytes. <laughs> well, let's look at what you can get for solid state for four hundred dollars. You can get you can get a three point eight four terabyte solid state drive for that price. Uh, heck, the eight terabytes aren't that much more than that. Uh, gosh. What is the uh, 3.84 going for these days? Uh, Western Digital SATA. Z699. Samsung. Yeah. Samsung, four terabyte for about 700. There's one for 600. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing mostly 600. Yeah, okay. They've gone up slightly then. Uh, they were starting to crest below 500. Yeah. But yeah <laughs> but still this is not going to be used this type of drive is not used for your daily driver this is your server storage this is your storage bin essentially um man but still at the, at the 599 price point even for like an amateur photographer or video editor this is fantastic and this is within a budget range and you're going to be able to store a bunch of stuff on this yeah um with that five-year warranty that's great a lot of times too within my experience if it fails even like a couple months after i've gotten mine fixed i don't know how things have been now because i haven't had any break in a long time but Mm -hmm. i remember even back then they'd be like yeah don't worry about yeah we'll 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 fix it we'll give you a new one yeah you know and uh, then they ended up giving me like bigger ones because like yeah we don't have this model anymore here here's a uh, you know, a, a, a 1.5 terabyte. It's like, ah, here you go now. Yeah. This thing's old. Yeah. Uh, we did get a $2 super chat. $2 in Aussie bucks from Kren with a good old good day. Good day. Good day. How you getting on? Seagate 2012. Still use regularly. Actually, I, I just gave my nephew a one terabyte. I think it was a 2010. But I was like, he, I gave him a 500 gig solid state, but yeah, just for uh, storage. Right? So I was like, here you go. Here's a one terabyte. And it was literally laying in the corner. <laughs> for the last like four years, I've been giving out one terabyte drives like candy. Like, yeah. like if it comes in and it's a desktop and, and it's on my list to repair, it's like, here, have a one terabyte drive. Like, yep. oh my God, a full terabyte. Yeah, it's a full terabyte. Enjoy. Yeah, a, <laughs> yeah, trust me, you don't care. Uh, Get it off my shelf. Do- yeah, there was a one terabyte uh, VMNE drive or whatever, uh, eighty bucks. Uh, well, the uh, the NM six twenty, the Lexar is eighty five for a one terabyte. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, it's a Gen 3x4. You can get a Silicon Power Gen 4x4 uh, for 95 bucks for a terabyte right now. Gen yeah. 4 PCIe. Like, it's it's nuts what you can do for storage these days. Uh, Apple has settled a class action lawsuit against their butterfly keyboard mechanisms on their MacBook Pros uh, produced between, what was that, 2016 and 2020? Uh, and Apple is going to pay $50 million to settle it. Uh, normally it's like, yeah, you'll get like three bucks or something like that. Actually, the payouts for the users are, dare I say, impressive for yeah. for what this was. Uh, if a user replaced multiple keyboards under warranty or even paid, uh, Apple will owe them $395. Uh, if a user replaced a single keyboard, $125, and $50 if you had to replace keycaps that were damaged. Uh, those are not terrible payouts for you know, just a $50 million settlement for an issue that existed for upwards of five years. Uh, I'm That's actually pretty impressed and and honestly surprised uh, that the judgment's going to be that high and pay out that high to individuals. Uh, usually in class action settlements like this, like, yeah, the court gets a third and the lawyer gets a third and, you know, the users are going like, well, at least I get my $6. Uh, <laughs> I got I got that from a, a cider uh, a class action lawsuit from the tap room. I got like sixteen bucks yeah. back after like five kegs I bought. Yeah, wow, for Thanks. like three hundred a keg or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was, it's yeah. like one hundred and twenty-five bucks a keg. I I ordered six of them. Like here's fifteen dollars back because one might have been spoiled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Uh, now, now all of my customers have you know dysentery. So whatever, I got my sixteen bucks. Yeah. Um, also, if, if you guys don't know what the, the butterfly keyboard is, the little keycap underneath it's the way the little plastic spring loader thing. Yeah. If you open up your keyboard, usually it's kind of like an X. Uh, Apple had a. Butterfly. Ah. ah. Sorry. So, <laughs> a anyways, I just for those for those trying to think it's. What Apple came out with a folding keyboard? No, 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 no. It's, no, it's, uh, it's, the, it's the butterfly mechanism, and it's a yeah. it's a mechanism that pushes the keycap up like this. It was supposed to be like half mechanical, half membrane. All yeah. honestly, I had it in my 2016 MacBook, and I absolutely loved the feel of that keyboard. There's a lot of people who hate it. There's a lot of people who like it. It was one of the most pleasant mobile keyboards that I've ever used. Very shallow travel. Uh, decent feedback and uh, very, very usable. Um, I do want to circle back here momentarily. Uh, Caesar asks in the chat, will the 22 terabyte drive work in my ML110G2? And I said, well, as long as it's SATA, then yes. Um, he says, uh, yes to SATA, but BIOS does not allow it because it's 32-bit. I had forgotten there's a two terabyte limit for drives on 32-bit BIOS-based systems. Oh. Now, if you install an add-in uh, SATA or HBA controller, you can still use the drive. Um, you won't necessarily be able to boot off of it. Um, although, even some HBAs will allow you to set a boot disk and 
the controller or the interface to the BIOS will be 32-bit, but the SATA controller on the HBA will be 64-bit. And so I've gotten around that issue sometimes with with workarounds like that, like bypassing the onboard SATA controller for an HBA and being able to boot off of like larger than two terabyte drives. Although if you're buying 22 terabyte drives, you're probably not booting off of them. Uh, (laughs) So my recommendation is if it's not recognized in BIOS and if it's still not accessible to your PC once the PC boots, because I've also seen sometimes a drive will not be recognized by a SATA controller, but will be accessible once the PC fully boots up into an OS that supports 64-bit addressing. Add then an HBA card and just let your let your 22 drive or 22 terabyte drives use that. Um, there, there's almost no circumstance where you can't use a hard drive with a particular system. Uh, you just need the right controller or the right interface. So, uh, hope that helps. All yeah, right. Guess, yeah. Who, who would who would have your 22 terabyte be your boot? Right. Gosh, oh right. man, that would take forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh videocards.com, that's video cards with a Z. Uh has some interesting news to report on GPU prices in China. Uh now this is the the title story. This is the GPU prices crash story. Uh and I know this isn't Western prices, but usually as China goes for GPU prices, so goes the US within a week or two. Uh, So take this with a slight grain of salt, but at the same time, there's so much corroboration with prices falling this low. Don't worry, it's coming. And I've already seen some of these prices in the Western markets. So uh, not only are cards selling at MSRP levels, they're also starting to sell below MSRP levels, and even new cards are starting to sell below MSRP levels. Um, based on price trackers that have been set up on various auction and third-party seller websites, uh, we're seeing anywhere from about 8% below MSRP to 38% below MSRP uh, for cards like the 3090 Ti. Uh so right here you can see that the retail price uh, is uh, 99.99 RMB, which is it's slightly over what uh, what we would pay here. I think it's 22.99 in China. I think it's like 2,099 in the U.S. or something like that. But it's selling for 33% below MSRP on the used market right now, uh, and pretty much every single card follows double-digit drops in price. The only real holdout is the 3060 Ti. And I think that's because that's a very desirable desirable price point, both for consumers and for resellers. It's about that $450 price point. Uh, And at $450, it's still better than the majority of other cards that you're gonna be able to swing for that price. Um, I mean, it's, it's gonna outperform a GTX 1080, uh, which you can get for $300 on a GTX 1080 right now. But, uh, I, I think that $450 is going to be the sweet spot for quite some time. Uh, I mean, it was the sweet spot for the last three generations of cards. Well, sorry, two generations of cards. Cause you couldn't buy the 3000 series. Uh, 
but that's usually about what the top tier is willing to pay for graphics cards. And because that card is now available at the price that it should have been, I think it's a I think there's enough demand pent up at that $500 price point. It's going to keep that price high. Well, yeah, we were talking about when the uh, 3060 Ti first even was announced that that was going to be probably the new go-to card everyone was going to want. Um, you know, when the first 30 series came out, we're like, oh, these are all cool, and I want a 3080, blah, blah, blah. But then the 30, uh, 3060 Ti came out, and then the price point of it and the performance of it being really high up there uh, for price point and value versus the standard ones, it was like, this is the card everyone's going to want to buy. Because uh, if you if you have the money for a 3060, $50 more, $40 more, you're going to get way more. You're going to get a card and a half better, essentially. Yeah. And that's going to last you another two plus years for that price point. That's what you're going to do. You know, you're going to get that. Yeah. Um, for your average gamer, for anyone, it's like, I will sacrifice buying the nice headphone set keyboard and mouse to get that better card you yeah. know for that for that gamer that's upgrading he's like i'm going to save for a card first instead and i will sacrifice getting a 120 hertz monitor how what you know our second whatever however it is um they'll pay that extra 50 bucks because it's yeah. that card will worth it and it'll last longer um so i agree i i don't see that one is a very nice sustainable card if i was going to get a card that's what i would want to get too yeah, no, I. You're exactly right with that. Uh, you know, like I said, that that four to five hundred dollar price point is has traditionally for the last multiple years been like what people are willing to shell out for top end cards. Uh, I mean, you you go all the way back to the 1070, 1070 Ti days where they were four hundred dollars and four hundred and thirty dollars at release. Uh, the ten fifty or ten eighty, excuse me, was was five hundred dollars. The twenty seventy sold like hotcakes at at. $500 and and whatnot. I think because it's at that price point, it's going to hold that, that 3060 Ti fairly high uh, just because of pent-up demand over the last two years. Uh, but the higher-end cards that are, you know, $2,000 plus or $1,500 plus, yeah, those are going to be dropping by a third or more because there's far less demand to shell out $1,200 right now. So... Still can't believe I paid twenty eight hundred dollars for my thirty ninety. I kind of needed it. <laughs> well, and that was what about a year ago. And I also went. You know, it's cost of doing business. Uh, I, yeah. I I was switching to to some higher bitrate four K at the time, and it's like I need more video memory. I, I'm I'm running out of video memory, even you know with a, a GTX ten eighty or you know some other cards that I had on hand. I think. I was using a 1080 Ti for a short while with 11 gigs of RAM, but I saw the 24 gig 3090 come out and my first thought wasn't, oh my God, I can game at 4K. It's like, holy crap, think of all the 4K footage that I could render. <laughs> that was my thought process. Uh, Michael chimes in with 20 Aussie bucks. Thank you very much, Michael. Uh, have one on me while I can't. Good to listen to this while at work. Uh, while I'm being cranky at Microsoft for breaking MDT, that is the Microsoft Deployment Toolkit, for those uh, wondering, with Windows 11 ADK, or the Automated Deployment Toolkit. Uh, from someone who set up many an imaging workstation. Yes. Uh, many an imaging tech bench, 
and and has done full tutorials on Windows deployment services. Godspeed, good sir. Uh, I'm still pissed off at Microsoft from the release of Windows 11 for updating the procedures for using MDT and ADK and the entire imaging process as a whole and not documenting it. <laughs> and I don't even work with that anymore. <laughs> but it, it is so incredibly frustrating to see something like deployment just kind of like swept under the rug and it's like, well, we're moving to a different process. Well, what process is that? We'll tell you later. But your old process doesn't work anymore if you want to play Windows 11, unless you use the old Windows 10 deployment methods and try to build your own answer files without actually knowing what all the new switches and dials and knobs it's do. It's because they released Windows 11 way too early. Like they didn't even know half the stuff was going on. They weren't even ready. And they were like, we have to release it. We just have to because it's been too long and mm -hmm. it's been announced. And it's like, but there's bugs. Well, too bad. We'll just slowly release it to certain PCs and CPUs yeah. and we'll just we'll just say you're not ready for it. Your your computer's not ready for it. Oh, oh. You know, oh, but there's horrible updates when uh, you know, as soon as I do it and this function doesn't work anymore. When, uh, when did Microsoft just become Bill O'Reilly? F it, we'll do it live. <laughs> well, yeah, that was uh, with Windows 10. I mean, there was the whole bug center is now. The, well, the, the, they they closed the test their, center is now. They yeah. closed their QC department. They no longer yeah. have an internal testing department, at least at nearly the scale that they used to. Now they just go, yeah, we'll just push it to end users, and if bugs crop up, then we'll we'll deal with them. But we'll bugs have cropped bugs have cropped up like HP laptops formatting hard drives upon upon Windows exactly. updates and drivers yeah, breaking and rolling back and yeah. If you work in deployment, even like I say this as someone who's only two years removed from it. If you work in deployment today, uh, boy, best of luck to you. Uh, American Cosworth sends over $5. Opinion, dual E5 2699v3 or a single Ryzen 3700X for your production server. Also, John's hair is majestically pulling a Joe Dirt meets Fabio tonight. <laughs> Get her down. <laughs> uh, boy, just from a power standpoint, freaking 3700X, you're talking... 95 watt TDP versus dual 135s or 140s. Uh, like, I can do math. <laughs> uh, when it comes to speed, you're going to want to pay attention to tomorrow's video. Uh, I have one scheduled for tomorrow morning. Haven't decided a time, but probably like 8 a.m. Pacific, uh, where I test a 2698 V3 in head-to-head -head performance against a Rocket Lake i5 12600K. Uh, and for straight-up synthetic benchmarks, boy, the Rocket Lake does exactly what you think it would do. Kicks the living hell out of the, out of the Xeon. <laughs> There's a couple gotchas, though, uh, when it comes to the older Xeons in specific workflows. So uh, make sure to tune into that. Uh, Josh sends over $10. Big shout out to Craft Computing. Your Proxmox tutorials changed my life. Well, thank you. I appreciate you that. Go. Cheers. Uh, 
I didn't I didn't know that much was on the line when I was filming them, but but I do appreciate it. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm glad you found some use in them. Uh all right. Uh how's your beer doing? I am I am at the uh last end of this Kool-Aid. There is not a second I did not enjoy that. Actually, you know, I I had I think the watermelon version of this it was not good. This quite tasty. As as the sour goes, and you know, kettle cheap five percent sour. Yeah. I liked it. All right. Now my uh, glasses stain blue. Yeah. <laughs> You're never gonna get that out. Nope. All right. Uh up next I have Elysian's Dank Dust, eight point three percent. And from what I hear, it's dank. It's very dank. Hold on. It's still on my table. Yes, I know. I can smell it from here. I know. I know. Wow. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I told you. Wow. Um, Jeff, describe the smell. Um, so... I am an organ. I I have anxiety and migraines. I partake. How's that? Um, boy, I could go open a bag right now, and it's the exact same smell. I mean, the exact same smell. <laughs> wow. And there's nothing else there. It's just... No. It's just dank. Yeah. It's just dank. It's sticky. It's clingy. It's... Yeah. <laughs> trying it's to think of any other... It's 70s in a can. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Don't let conservatives see this. They'll say alcohol's a gateway drug. <laughs> A bag of what, Jeff? I live in Oregon. Think about it. It's a cousin of hops. Yeah, it is a there direct cousin of hops. Yes. So uh, I will be having also an IPA, uh, a King Sue IPA. Nice. So I haven't had a King Sue in a while. Like God, you're you're taking me down memory lane today. It is yeah. I actually purchased some first the other with, day. First with the Hoptimum, then with uh, King Sue. Uh, Jeff's mystery partaken item. Uh, tune into the after party. Sometimes I partake. Like <laughs> now, see this smells good, but it just smells like you know tropical notes. Yours, and I have to go to the glass to smell this. Oh no, you, I can. You could be at the end of the room, and your wife will walk in and be like, "Jeff, I can what'd you smell do this here? from here?" <laughs> like. When, when I reviewed that beer, after I did it, my wife walked in and she asked if I partaked before. Yeah. Because she was like, it smells like a dispensary in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really does. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I figured this beer would be better for a live show than one of the videos. <laughs> There are things I can say on a live show that I could not say on a regular video. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, all those descriptors I use for the flavor, crank them up by about three. Yep. Holy crap. 8.3%, I think, something like that. Yeah. Very dry. Very, very dry. Uh, it's just an interesting beer. Yeah. Uh, boy, I don't think I can ever call Sticky Hands dank again. All right. I know. This is the dankiest beer I have ever smelled. Remember, yeah. remember during the trade, you said, oh, I gave you a Waldo's and I gave you that. No, Waldo's is nothing. Right, right. So a um, no. couple interesting notes from John and I's beer trade, and then we'll, <laughs> we'll, jump, we'll jump back into, uh, into the news here. Um, so I don't think this has ever happened with us before, but John and I will usually trade specialty beers once every two to three months and yeah. and we'll usually like just exchange a six pack like like i'll i'll go oh john would like that let me let me grab a bottle of that for him yep. while i'm buying my own stuff and then a couple of months it's like yeah here's your six bottles and i'll take mine um john and i got each other the same exact bottle this time <laughs> it was so funny uh john and i both got a bottle of dragon's milk triple mash and yeah. uh and and I went, John, I think you would enjoy this. And and he handed me my six pack and I went, wait a second. He <laughs> looks at the labels like, wait. It grabs mine. It's oh, the exact yeah. same <laughs> one. <laughs> Never <laughs> happened with us in like yeah. got eight years we've been doing this, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was a first. Anyway, uh, also in the six pack that John gave me, he had the 2022 Waldos. Uh, so... That's Sierra Nevada, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Sierra Nevada Waldo, uh, it comes out right around April, April twentieth, twentieth, give or take. Me too, man. Every year. Yeah. Um, and uh, it is inspired by Dank. Uh, so he gave me a bottle of that. Which I I didn't catch this year's release, so I'm really glad he, he did that. And then he also gave me the Elysian Dank Dust. And as I'm getting in the truck, uh, he goes, by the way, you need to drink the Dank Dust on show because it is the dankiest, skunkiest thing I have ever opened in my entire life. And I went, you gave me a Waldo in here. Yeah. And he goes, no, 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 the Dank Dust. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I know. I was thinking about like messengers, like, "Hey, you gonna open that Waldo's too?" I was like, "Oh, we could do the exact same one." I, <laughs> I thought about doing both of them back to back. I really <laughs> did, but I wanted to do the Waldo's on like a main video. Yeah, I mean that one. You've had it before. It hasn't yeah. changed too much. Yeah. Um, it, it changes ever so slightly every year, but mm -hmm. this one, that beer, came out this year, and it's so unique. Wow. Uh. And then I even sent one to our good friend in Norway, Claw, and he oh, opened his up today. Oh wow! And he he said his wife asked him if he was partaking. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, hold on, I I actually want to do an experiment here real quick. Uh, I'm, right. I can't hear you, so take over the show for like. 30 seconds okay all right well we got a couple we did do a couple super chats and you know we didn't do a whole lot of what some people were drinking and i think they're on like their second drinks now 
Uh, well, I, you know, that one I'm going to wait for Jeff to come back. Sorry. Well, it's, there was a couple earlier on. I dragged as well. Stupid waffle the other. Skull, I actually just had that with Steve. Uh, we both thought that that was really, really good. The stupid waffle, you get this nice caramel and cookie flavor to it. Okay. Um, also, uh, in chat, what else is everyone drinking if they have a second drink? Let us know. Okay. So you have a bag. I have in my in my hand a bag that has not been opened, Ooh. and and it's it's a big bag. Uh, this is one ounce. Okay. What's smellier? <laughs> it's kind of what I want to know. This is actually died down ever so slightly since I opened it. Like the the head on it was oh my gosh. Okay. Boy, those are really equal. Now go, Boy, go those smell, are go smell the can. Uh, good call. Not that can. <laughs> <laughs> It's the same thing, right? It's it's amazing. Wow. Oh, and, and by the way, just so no one thinks I'm effing around here, like and we just got demonetized on this. There's video. the demonetization. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so no one thinks I'm like making that up. Holy crap! <laughs> or at least this one gets marked for like eighteen and over. Ah, I don't even care about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't monetize the show at all. Like the super chats. They're my monetization. Uh, the sponsorships, they're the monetization. The YouTube, I could care less about AdSense on on Talking Heads. Big Big Spoon says he's having garden hose water with Jack Daniels. That sounds like something he'd have. Oh, so Jim Beam? <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, you, uh, we, we missed the super chat from Denver. And oh yeah, uh, no, well, nope, that yeah. was the one. Yeah, you did. no, Den okay. De no, Denver. Um, okay. Yeah, th this is a second one. Uh, so yeah, Denver, five dollars. Thank you very much. Uh, so we use SCCM, and somehow the Windows 11 deployment required no changes from Windows 10. I literally just copied the task and pointed it to Windows 11. Um, that's because under the hood, Windows 11 is kind of Windows 10, although they tweaked a lot of different registry keys and group policies. Um, but the core OS is the same. It, in fact, the original build kernel was the same build kernel as Windows 10 uh, 21, 2103 or something like that. Um, so they are now treating it as, as a second branch, but the initial release of Windows 11 was literally the same kernel. Um, so they've disabled a lot of features and and some some uh, some things that Windows 10 used. They've done a lot of tweaking to the registry, um, and like I said, they haven't documented any of this. And from a professional standpoint, it irritates me to no end. Uh, knowing that if I was still in that position that I would have to be dealing with that. Like, that's how much I'm irritated. Like, I don't have to do this anymore, but they still pissed me off with it. Uh, Spoon sends over $5. Thank you very much, Big Big Spoon. Uh, there's like a thousand different smells. The way you are with craft beer is the way I am with herbs. Um, right. Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you exactly what's in this bag. 
but I have a pretty good nose. Yeah. I I get a this... lot of citrusy pineapple stuff from that one. Um, the beer is a little bit sweeter. Um, gosh, almost like a, like a lavender kind of smell to the beer. That is more of a, <clears throat> sorry, it's palettes that I'm not used to exploring. Hold on. <laughs> it's not that you're it's not that exploring it's now you have to describe verbally now i have to describe like like i'm so used to describing beers it's it's yeah, not that but now i have to do something different yeah yeah exactly yeah totally uh, lavender and pineapple i think pineapple is a great descriptor for this one um like that is a malt <clears throat> yeah. that is a little bit more um gosh I'm trying to think of the right word, but I can't. Anyway, uh, Cosworth sends over $2. Big Big Spoon's garage looks amazing for a party. Um, I've seen his garage. It looks pretty good. I've uh, seen his bar plenty of times. Yes, we've seen the bar. We've seen the projector screen. Lots of fun stuff. All right. I can't get over this beer. It's it's an interesting beer. I even yeah, I gave it to my father in law and he's like, Whoa, this is taking me back. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Dad? You said you never tried that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why does All this right. smell like rock concerts? <laughs> All right. Uh, Molson Coors books its first Super Bowl ad since 1989, thanks to Anheuser-Busch ending its exclusivity agreement. That's right. Uh, this was kind of interesting. It wasn't, to me, the interesting <laughs> thing wasn't that Molson Coors is uh, basically, you know, for the first time getting a Super Bowl ad, is the fact that, I mean, how often do you remember not seeing the Clydesdale Super Bowl ad? You know what the horse is? We're not going to get that anymore. That's Boy, nineteen eighty nine. You're you're pushing my memory banks. Yeah, you know. Uh, I was alive. I was so yeah, but <laughs> like, I wasn't paying attention to beer commercials. Right. I I don't remember football existing before nineteen ninety two. So, uh, I am I am curious. Uh, so, but yeah. So, um, Anheuser Busch had a thirty year exclusive contract. And it dropped last year, or it ended last year. And so Coors, I don't know how long this didn't say it was, uh, but it's going to be picking up their first 30-second <laughs> ad. I hope they make it a doozy, because right now the Super Bowl, one of the main things for Super Bowls is always the commercials. And honestly, I think some of the best ones have always been the beer commercials. So I am looking forward to this. Um, as you can see, Coors has a bit of a lineup. Actually, the one thing I didn't know was the Simply uh, Lemonade, Limeade, whatever. I didn't know they owned that. I know the Simply Lemonade did come out with a hard one, but we're talking Blue Moon, we're talking Tempico, Yizzy, Coors Light, uh, Miller Light. Uh, a 30-second ad. That's kind of interesting, though, too, because I know Budweiser, they would go for, like, almost a full minute one. But, but man, too... 
those Super Bowl commercials are in the millions, if not possibly now billions of dollars per ad time, especially for companies as big as Molson Coors or Budweiser. But if you are a fan of the Clydesdale or possibly funny Budweiser commercials, if you do not remember, the WhatsApp was made famous during What's a up? Budweiser commercial. Yeah. During the Super Bowl. Yep. So these commercials do translate into our social lives. The, the, the Budweiser frogs? Yeah. Budweiser. So, yep. yep. Exactly. So maybe Molson Coors can pull it out. They also had the Bud Knight. Uh, some of the Bud Knight stuff was pretty good. Uh, Dilly yeah. Dilly came from Dilly Dilly. Came, Dilly Dilly came from that. Yep. So we might see a new Molson Coors slogan coming up. I don't know. Um, beer news was very slow this week. <laughs> Same with liquor. Most of the news was pretty slow this week, yeah. but uh, sometimes it is. <laughs> Dude, no clicky during stream. These aren't even my loudest switches. I got some newer ones in. Uh, we we are allowed to clicky click when the other one is talking. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. tell us what to do. <laughs> uh, so these are, uh, gosh, what are these ones? The kale? No, they're not kale. Gosh, what did I put in here? I don't even remember at this point. Um, oh, Gaterons. They're Gateron greens is what I have in my, my daily driver right here. Uh, I just bought some teal or some blue uh, kale box switches that are even louder. Uh, Michael sends over five Aussie bucks. LOL, MS Teams just died. No message delivery. <laughs> uh so I did get an echo of, of days past. Um, and uh, it was in the form of an automated message that I was on or that I had signed up for years and years ago uh, that Spectrum has a business outage in my area. And I got a text message and it said, texts are currently on the scene and, and waiting for, for a, you know, ETA for 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 repair and it's like boy i'm glad i don't have any spectrum clients anymore <laughs> makes me so happy uh uh Trilin says craft computing thanks to your tutorial i managed to set up my first free ahem true nas uh core build and i'm no bot <laughs> Yeah, everyone's a bot except you. Uh, yeah, all of this money is our own money. We're just recycling it. <laughs> and, and, and paying the fees. Yeah. That's yeah. that's how we look popular. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you see us drinking like really bad beer, uh, that's that's when you'll see a lot of super chats. Yeah, yeah. That's why I drink so much bad beer. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, so last story for the day, and then we're probably going to get a good amount of either Star Trek chat or ask us anything. It yeah. depends on uh, how vocal <laughs> the chat is. Uh, John Romero, co-creator of Doom, along Doom. with John Carmack, uh, is making a brand new original IP first-person shooter. Uh, 
can I just say, I love this man, but anything that he puts out, I'm probably going to enjoy. I mean, what else is it? He's been involved with uh, uh, Quake, Doom 2. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, all of these franchises are fantastic. He's been around. Wolfenstein, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you want to talk a grandfather of first-person shooters, this would, you know, or Mount Rushmore, his face and hair would take up a third of it. <laughs> Sorry. Took me like three seconds to process your joke. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, if you made a, a Mount Rushmore of 90s game creators, it would probably be Romero, Carmack, Will Wright, uh, and whoever was the head of Sierra from like 92 to 98. <laughs> like... Now, I, I, the only, the only, I mean, so he has. It, it's interesting. He all this basically tells us is that he's launching a new series. It's going to be an original one. Um, it's going to be in Unreal Five. That's it. That's all mm -hmm. we basically know. Mm -hmm. His good thing is storytelling and originality too. To a lot of the games. Sid Meier. Sid Meier is number four. Sid Meier. Okay. That uh, I mean. Yes. So that that I think is really more of the key is he's taking a different concept. There's a difference between modern gamers or game developers and old school ones. There's just different approaches. And a lot of times it can work and sometimes it can fail. But when you have a seasoned person, it's it's very similar to having like your favorite director come who doesn't who does one movie every five years. Right. Says, here's my latest movie and you're like oh, i'm so excited ah it was horrible but i'll still watch the next one right. this is just the exact same thing with a game i have yeah. a great developer i can't wait to see it oh i want to try it it's probably if it's even crap there's probably going to be elements of it that are fantastic and then people are going to steal it yeah uh i mean wachowski sisters with with the whole matrix series like they invented an entire genre and film style yeah. And and how many people stole that? And for ten years, people were were taking tricks that that they had developed in cinematic techniques and and film angles and and bullet time and all. They took those and they integrated them into their own films. This was 1998. Yeah, uh, 99. Yeah, yeah. That the Matrix came out and the the bullet time camera rigs that they came up with were mind-blowingly insane yeah yeah so it's it's just these type of developers again i don't know if this game is going to be any good or not but it's the idea his ideas and concepts and his eye for particular types of details and way to make a game are fantastic he has a fantastic track record therefore right. i would bet money on this being a good game and i will not mind betting fifty dollars to partake in that experience oh no i lost 50 bucks oh well i mean movies nowadays are almost just as expensive like 20 bucks to go to a movie uh <laughs> so 
at least this game I get to keep at home and play for hours upon hours on that. Right. You know. Uh, I don't mind getting burned on the occasional game. Exactly. And that's uh that may be a hot take, but I really don't. I don't mind getting burned on a no man's sky when sometimes you you also wind up with a fantastic game. Uh the John, have you been playing a lot of games lately? Have you been No, not lately. Uh I tried actually even even two days ago, I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind playing some Doom again, just just for some fun. <laughs> uh no, the last game I played was uh what was it? The latest the latest battlefield. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, but the, you know, uh, most of most of mine are gonna be like first person shooters, something I can just jump in, jump yeah. out. Type of thing. Uh so I took a chance on a couple of games recently that I have been absolutely enthralled with. Uh, first of which is uh, Instruments of Destruction. And it's a game that's developed by literally one guy. Uh, it's on Steam. It's on Early Access. It's like 15 bucks. Um, but you build... Uh, do you remember the game Besiege from a couple yes. years ago? Uh, it's kind of like that, but instead of being like medieval uh, artillery and, and mechanics, it's lasers and saws and wrecking balls yeah, and stuff like that. It looks like a bunch of chainsaws um, and weird things. Right, and, and infinitely customizable. Um, lots of different mechanics that you can add to it, and you can customize your controls and... Uh, upgrade parts and all. It, it is so much fun. And it's like, uh, it lo- okay, to, to me, I'm just looking at this now. It's it's like a wrecking, futuristic, semi-futuristic wrecking crew simulator. Right. Uh, <laughs> you just can see shrapnel everywhere. Oh yeah. Oh man, it's blow up it's insane. It's like, uh, it, think of like Red Faction on steroids, uh, but but you're driving vehicles instead of like walking around with a sledgehammer. I don't know, um, these things look like bad transformers or, or something. Some like of that. them like, are bad transformers yeah, and it's amazing. It's like, yeah, it, 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 looks, um, it looks pretty fun. Honestly. So so I've been really jamming on that one lately. The other one is a game called Teardown. Uh Teardown is don't be fooled by its Minecraft-ish aesthetic. Okay. Uh so Teardown is a very similar uh idea of a game where not only basically everything in the game is destructible and i've been waiting for this game since the original red faction came out Mm -hmm. um where if you see it you can blow it up if you see it if you see a vehicle you can drive it if you see something you can smash it if you if you this you that uh it it is a very intuitive very realism infused game as in like if you can if you think you can do this with two things you probably can um and everything's interactive everything's interactive but where the wrinkle comes in is they've turned it into a heist game where you're planning to steal works of art or cars or destroy certain things or destroy things without destroying others or um so you're like a private contractor who owns a demolition company and you're being contracted to uh 
you're playing both sides of the fence where sometimes you're working for for guy a like billionaire a who's like yeah this guy outbid me on some cars so i want to show him who's boss and so can you go like destroy four of his cars for me and it's like yeah sure i'll go do that and then guy b contacts me and guy a i can't believe it he someone broke in and broke four of my cars can you uh like steal all of his precious art oh yeah i can do that for you um so it's a really like cute storyline but uh everything is destructible and so you can play it very straight you can you know uh pick a lock on a door and avoid a security system or you can go like you know what i need into that building and so plant a bomb on the side and watch half of the half the building just like blow like blow a giant hole into it looney tune vault style (laughs) um and uh sometimes there's alarms to deal with and so once you commit a certain act an alarm will go off and you have 60 seconds to make your escape but you have like four or five different things objectives that will set off alarms if you do them and so you find the ones that don't have alarms attached to them you complete those objectives and then you set up your escape route where you can go bam 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 and get all of your objectives on the way out and so from like a planning standpoint it's a hell of a lot of fun from a destruction standpoint, it's even more fun. From a modding standpoint, holy crap, the modding community has gone nuts with this game. Uh, everything from like laser cutters, like, you know, I need to get into this metal door. Let me just cut the hinges off of it real quick. Um, to giant bombs, to what my kid's favorite mod is, is the piano fall mod. And it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> Um, you can, you can, number one, you can spawn a piano in front of you and it spawns a little baby grand, which you can walk up to and hit the interact button and it'll like play random keys and chords on the piano. Um, you can press a spawn button and a piano will drop out of the sky at the speed of gravity and crash into whatever you've, you've pointed at. You can hold the spawn button in until this little bar charges up and then let go of it and it will fling a piano at whatever the relevant charge speed is and break into something. Or you can hold the charge up button and then hold the right click button, which sends as many pianos as fast as they can at the presented object. So you end up with like 80 pianos going. (laughs) Um, Man, the sound design just for that one idea is insane and what's funny is it sounds exactly like it should (laughs) yeah because you think oh i'll just layer this no is there's a bit of a difference when you add more and more to it right yeah uh so so the yeah and so this was developed by a modder it's on the steam workshop and it's hilarious and my kids bust up laughing every time they see it and in fact uh uh little bit who hasn't been that interested in video games like like occasionally she'll like want to sit down and play with me or you know watch breath of the wild or something like that um she actually knocked on my door randomly the other the other day and uh and i said hey you know what do you need a little bit and she goes oh i was just seeing what you're doing i said oh i'm just working i'm writing a script right now she goes oh i was hoping you were playing teardown so we could throw pianos at things You're like, well, let me boot it right up really big. <laughs> right. I got five minutes. Let's go throw pianos at stuff. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I've been jamming on those two games. And so, yeah, sometimes you get burned on a $60 purchase with No Man's Sky. Other times you find these $15 and $20 gems and they're freaking gold. Yeah. Um, 
like I haven't played games in like actually sat down and had time to play games in such a long time. Uh, let me just click on teardown. I have 29.2 hours to date. Uh, and then instruments of destruction. I've got 25 and a half. So I've spent 50 hours in the last three weeks uh, playing these games. Just those two. I haven't booted up anything else. I need a rat. Tell you what, you can you can you can hire him out for like thirty percent extra what I pay. Oh, thirty extra. Oh, I was going to say what I can't wet my whistle. Uh, (laughs) Let's go under the table. Right, call in sick. And not to discount No Man's Sky, because holy crap, has it made a complete 180 from where it was. Because I played that at launch, and I found myself at 12 hours asking Val for a refund. For a refund and I never ask for game refunds. And I didn't get it. They, they refused to give me one. Even though it's like, it took me 12 hours to get off world to realize that every other world was no more developed than this one. Uh, like, it was the perfect scam. Uh... But credit to No Man's Sky and Hello Games. Holy crap, if they turned that game around. Uh, Travis sends over two Aussie bucks. Uh, Love the videos. How would you test hard drives in Proxmox? Uh, Always a good idea to test your hard drives. Honestly, I don't do much more than a a burn-in test in which I'll create a ZFS and then I'll write 100 terabytes to it and then delete it and then write another 100 terabytes to it and make sure it's all there. Uh, and as long as that kind of works, I I usually call it as good. Most of my drives often end up coming from used sources. I buy a lot of used enterprise disks. Um, and when I buy drives, I always buy between one and two extra for what I plan on installing. So if I, if I purchase six drives to put into a ZFS array, uh, I'll buy seven drives and I'll put one on the shelf. Uh, if I plan on using eight, I'll buy 10. Uh, and, and that's just kind of the philosophy I go with. So even if I, even if I get a drive in and a week later it dies, if I can RMA that drive with whoever I bought it from, great. If I can't, I already have one on the shelf. Uh, and I can go buy from another source. Uh, so... I definitely don't test as well as I should. Um, In my professional space, I really never tested drives for deployment because we always bought brand new. Um, So yeah, I I don't have, I know I don't have the best testing procedures in place for stuff like that. Um, But my only advice is just buy one or two extra from what you plan on deploying. And if they fail, and if you see a pattern, act on it then. Uh, and it has burned me before. I've got some 12 terabyte Arsenal DAS drives uh, that I kind of wish I hadn't bought. <laughs> got eight of those, and of those eight, three of them have failed within six months. And there was only a 90 month or 90 day warranty on them. So I'm kind of kind of up up a creek without a paddle at this point. 
Uh, Travis sends over another two Aussie bucks. Thanks, man. Just got a bunch of used drives for an ass. Yeah. Um, if you have a bunch, like if you got like 20 drives, deploy 16 of them. Keep four on the shelf because yep. used drives will fail eventually. Uh, just make sure they're not those one terabyte drives we've been talking about. <laughs> just No, just make sure they're not the three, the three terabyte Seagate uh, or any three terabyte drives of any kind. Like God, every three terabyte drive sucks. Just flat out. <laughs> it's like, that's like having $2 bills. Yep. Who has those? <laughs> Why? Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, when I go to Vegas, I usually pack a bundle of $2 bills. Um, so if I buy a drink. Oh, tips? Yeah. If I buy a drink, I'll just give a $2 bill as a tip. If we go to a party where it's open bar, I'll drop a 20 on the first three waitresses who, who serve me. And that guarantees I get excellent service for the rest of the night. I do. Uh, I like tipping uh, second to eight dollars to the gold gold dollars. It's like, here's some gold. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's always unique. And that's, it's more of a it's not it's not a lot, but it's a remembrance and it's different. That's kind of like, like oh, the two dollar bill. Like, yeah, uh, you know, exactly. and, and, and usually like I'm paying eight to ten dollars for a cocktail. So, yeah, two bucks. It's a 20 percent tip. There you go. Yeah. Um, and but you're uh, not buying something cheap. It's like, okay, I'm going to order more. So you're just going to get a lot of these. So that's fine. Right. And, <laughs> but, but if you go to an open bar, no one ever tips. And oh, no, always tip a dollar at least. Hey, even as I'm owning a bar and everything, someone even pouring you a beer. Okay. The only way I do have one thing that I probably will never tip. If I go in, the bartender doesn't say hi to me, uh -huh. doesn't talk to me, doesn't recommend anything, yeah. and I do all the research, and then they just pour me something, Yeah, probably not going to get a tip. A bartender should ask you what your interests are, recommend what they have, say, hey, here's some parallel interests that, that you might not have heard of before. Uh, yeah. Like, that's what a good or, bartender should do. Yeah, or here's what's new, at least. If you're a regular, she yeah. should then, or he or she should then say, Here's what's new. Uh, 17 and 34 were just tapped. And, uh, you know, honestly, if you're into sours, man, that 17 is phenomenal. Like, yeah. that's what a good bartender should do. Exactly. Um, and then just that little bit. Okay, you're going to get a tip from me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if I go to an open bar, like I said, the first three times I get drinks, I will tip $20. Now, I usually stop it there. But I'm giving them what they, they arrive to work to get. Uh, because I've heard from a number of, of hosts and hostesses that there's nothing worse than a pre-bought out event with free liquor because no one ever tips for the liquor. Uh, and so I always make it a point to, like, I'll grab a chair and then it's like, here's 20 bucks. You you make sure I'm, I'm taken care of, I'll make sure you're taken care of. That, and I kind of like to godfather it at, at these parties. Like, I'll, I'll get there early and I'll get the corner booth and I can just like lounge over everyone. It's like, no, 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 you can come to me. That, that, that's my style at parties. <laughs> yeah. So Linus yeah. going, oh, I've been meaning to make it over to Crafts Corner. Hold on. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, oh, oh, I can get drinks there now. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff, did you finish? I, I assume we're done. Yes. Okay. Did you finish it? The whole yes. season. Yes. Okay. So I will here. We can put this out there right now. If anyone wants to talk, ask questions now. Tell you what. Uh, let's let's do another ten minutes of Q and A. 
Okay. And at a quarter tell, we will devote the we will devote twenty minutes to Star Trek: Strange New World spoiler cast. Yes. So, because I want to give as much time as possible for for Q and A. So, if anyone has a question, we'll answer questions for between the next ten and fifteen minutes. Anything goes, uh, as obscure as you want, as personal yeah. as you want. Just, we don't it, have to answer it though. As long as it sparks <laughs> a conversation, we'll go on it. Uh, but the show is is now yours. And then sometime between 7.45 and 7.50, that is 10 to 15 minutes from now, we will do a Star Trek Strange New World spoiler cast where we talk about the overall impressions of the season. Yes. Uh, yes. So just curious, how is how is that beer tasting now? Is aromas should have gone down, taste should have come up. Just kind of curious your opinion of it i've had a couple people drink that and give me their opinions of the flavors i'm curious of yours very resiny yes very resiny uh and again if you partake you understand that nomenclature um yeah very very sticky sap like um, oh god that i agree i like it yeah. clung pine it clung sap Yes. Yeah, um, I, I I feel like I need to wash my hands from putting wood on a campfire, like <laughs> like it's that sticky. Um, very very dry. Uh, I, I I started with that. I will finish with that. It is a very very dry beer. Um, where I actually like I I have water here. <laughs> yeah, I I did oh, find I myself. Some. I could not have, honestly, it was like more than one per week. Uh, I, it, it's yeah. just, it's, it's, I, I enjoyed it, but I was like, I can't, with certain IPAs, like we were talking about earlier, the variety packs, I could probably partake in like two of those and be like, oh, I'm fine, you know, something within there. But if I had two of those in a day, I'm like, I can't, I can't do two of those in a day. I can't even yeah. do two of those in two days. Yeah. Uh, Novella Hub wants to know when I will get into 40 gigabit networking. Uh, I've been looking at it for quite some time. And in fact, uh, I did some testing on my Storinator AV15 and even my mechanical hard drive rate without any caching, I'm actually getting 10 gigabit sequential writes to it, reads and writes. Uh, and so I'm actually potentially in the very near future need of 40 gig networking uh, so I can step up my my data transfer a little bit. Uh, I've been looking at some different options. Uh, Mikrotik actually just released a 25 gigabit and 10 gigabit multi-layer switch uh, or multi-mode switch, uh, which I am very excited about. And I guess it's supposed to be very affordable. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Let's see, Matt wants to know, what's an ounce of the sticky stuff cost in Oregon these days? Uh, the full ounce that you saw on my table in the indescript brown bag. Uh, I'll have to look that up. I don't remember exactly. Uh, it's not that much. No. It's a lot cheaper than what you're probably thinking. It's, and also, it does come down to the blend you're buying. It's yeah. really not, I mean, the blend, we're not talking a huge difference, but we're talking like, five to eight dollar difference here right uh you know? that i just looked it up was 125 for a full ounce so 
I know you can get really stinky stuff. You can, not the, the, you can get the low-end stuff for, for like, like 70 bucks. Yeah, 50, 70, 70 yeah. yeah. Uh, um, they're saying high-end stuff is about 130 to 170 Yeah, and, th and this is pretty up there. Um, so, so, But what's really cool is I live in Oregon, so I ordered online. Yeah, and then the other part <laughs> it was too, shipped to my house. Or Oregon too. It's it's you can just grow it if you want to. Yeah, yeah. So. Which I've looked into. Uh, let's see. What's your preferred strain? Not gonna get into it. Ask me in the yeah. after party. Uh, um, Ryan has a super chat. Yes, uh, Ryan. When I tried scotch for the first time in St. Louis, I tipped the bartender forty bucks because why not? Hated the drink, but still tipped him. Uh, good on you. Um, I hate when people like. Try a, try a drink or try a beer or cocktail and then they refuse to tip the bartender. Uh, it's like, just because you hate tequila doesn't mean the bartender didn't do a damn good job. Uh, so always tip your servers. Uh, so long as what they did was appropriate. Um, was, he said he had a Lagavulla 16. Okay. Okay. So... Well, yeah, you went uh, in I, with both feet into the deep end. Yeah, so. that's uh, that's not a starter scotch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a Glen. That comes with a side of campfire. Blend like a Caribbean. Uh, I like for for everyone that I don't like. I still give the Glen Levitt Caribbean rum as a starter scotch. Yes, uh, yeah, it's a it's a sweet scotch. Yeah. Not some like Highland Park, <laughs> you <Right>. know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will usually recommend something like a Glenlivet Twelve. Even a Dewar's Twelve is not a bad one to go with. Uh, not the Dewar's White Label, but the Dewar's Twelve. Um, you know, you've got your your Caribbean cask blends and stuff like that. Those are great to get you introduced to the flavor profile. Yeah. Um, a Lagavulin Sixteen. Yeah, you're, you're gonna be tasting wood. Yeah. Something I've noticed You're be too, chewing on sawdust. And then maybe, maybe, I don't know what your take is on this. I find a warmer scotch is easier to take than a room temperature, like above room temperature scotch. Really? It's easier to take because it brings out, again, even on the harsher ones, a more multi flavor. Hmm. You I, know, I, I've... I've done, I've done ice and I've done water and I've done a whole bunch of different, like, I don't think I've ever warmed it up. No, I'm not all. talking hot. Right. I'm just I, talking... mean, I mean, I, 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 I will say I've, yeah. I've like held a, a, a Glencairn a little bit and swirled it. Yeah. And tried well, to no, get it a couple I'm degrees higher. Up, uh, like five degrees above room temp, five under 10 degrees, five to eight degrees of above room temp. Mm -hmm. And I find it's like, I could easily drink this scotch way faster because the smokiness almost just like, um, how bitterness goes down with you know cold crashing the woody oakiness goes away as it warms up it's weird and i yeah. find that i will drink scotch easily like probably like a bit more than i probably should when it's a little <laughs> bit warmer it's very odd <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Tanmay wants to know, Jeff, any new 3D printing adventures or prints to show? I don't have any to show off. In fact, I haven't fired up my printer in about a month. Um, I do have a brand new 3D printer. Um, I bought one of the Cobra Max 3Ds, which is the 400 by 400 by 600 millimeter print volumes. Um, so like you want a full size helmet in a day? I'll give you a full size helmet in a day. Uh, like one of those guys. Um, 
So stay tuned. I do have some plans for October and potentially some upcoming cons. Uh, let's see. Uh, once left a, a three cent tip. Wonder didn't know what we thought about uh, per tip and pay was worth. I've left a 1% tip on purpose one time and it was 23 cents. And I don't feel bad about that because it was me and my wife. We went to a little diner. Uh, you've been to this diner. It's uh, starts with an S. It's a little round cafe. I know what you're talking about. There you go. Um, so we went to this little diner and my wife and I used to eat there all the time. And they sat us at our table and the waitress literally sat there and bitched about coworkers for 30 minutes. Just, can you believe F and Tiffany didn't show up today? Like, I, I, I can't even believe her. Like, she's just so irresponsible. And you said, she always makes me cover for her. And I mean, just. Sounds like my compliance department. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was her just sitting there complaining about how she always has to do all the work. Meanwhile, she came to my table like twice, once to take our order and once to give us our order. Never got our drinks refilled, never got a refill of coffee, never got this, never got that. The food was cold when we got it. Like, like just on and on. And I'm sitting there going like, hello, like these hash browns are terrible. I'd like some more coffee, please. Like maybe, uh, never mind. Screw Tiffany and screw you too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I do understand I that aspect of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I do yeah, understand I, that aspect of it. Yeah. I, I, feel I Tiffany will be a better waitress. I don't agree with the um I'm gonna set ten dollars on the table and take a dollar away every time like I have to like look at my half empty glass or like like some people are like, yeah, you need to earn this tip. It's like no, I don't agree with no. tipping culture, but me being an asshole to servers is not gonna change tipping culture. So no, no. honestly, I always sit there, look, I, I usually have my predis uh, set like okay if you're even just doing your job you're gonna get a yeah. tip because there's that if you even i feel you're even slightly even paying attention to me you're you're getting bumped up five ten percent yeah you know if you're going above that you're gonna get a much better you know tip yeah. than that you know yeah. um my my wife also sits there and tells me every time we're out it's like oh my mother-in-law her mom uh, was a waitress for for 20 years and so she, she knows the culture she's like that she'll constantly that person didn't do this right that person my, my, this is how my mom always did things and it's like yeah all right that's that's great and it's just but that's how she provided was being friendly being you that's your job you go out and above and beyond to serve the people you ask them you have yep. your section uh hey how are you doing even if it's a bad day it's just like it, when you're on call at it yeah, you get a bad ticket, you get a bad day, you still got to go over there and don't be a jerk or else, you know, mm -hmm. in any job, in any job, if you're a jerk to the other person that you're having to serve, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. You know, and their their experience is going to be bad and yeah. it's going to take even longer. And it's I find that even in my department, I'm the nice IT guy. Well, it's because I find I a majority of the time I get a better response being nice, being courteous. 
hey, I'll teach you something. I'll take the extra five minutes out of my time, and then I'll tell a joke uh, to bring you down. No, it's not a big deal. It's okay. I understand. Yep. You know, it's all these things. And everyone's like, oh, it's really nice. It's really great. It's a really good server. It's the same with tipping. And yeah, and even owning the bar. I know, I know there's this huge stigmatism between bartenders and, oh, they already know their job. They're just pouring a beer. Okay. There's more to there's it a, than that. There's more there's to it than that. It and that. it's not a black and white thing. So it, there's a, we can go into it for a long time. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Novella Hub says, remember to tip your food delivery drivers too. Absolutely. Um, yeah. that, that's another one that I, 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 um, not only will I give the 20% on the, the diner dash or whatever app that I happen to be using at the time, I'll also leave a five or $10 bill at the door. Uh, like here you go. Like here, straight cash. <laughs> um, uh. My brother. <laughs> uh, Travis wants to know, would a P400 in a PCI Express 1X slot be enough for transcoding? Absolutely, because transcoding uses dedicated hardware in the NVE and NVENC right. section of the GPU. Yeah. Uh, the P400 has two encoders built in. Uh, or no, P400 is still only one encoder. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't take hardly any bandwidth. Uh, so yeah, in a 1X slot, you're just fine. Um... Let's see. Uh, I'm in Oklahoma. I've got a medical card. Your ish is crazy expensive, says Matt. 90 bones an ounce for uh, here in Canada. 125 in Illinois, if you know the right people. I literally get online and order it. So, well, Yeah, you got to go online. If you go to a dealer or uh, a supply store, it's different. Again, too, yeah. it's all what you're, you're buying. I mean, you can buy... Edibles here are five bucks. So yeah. just there you go. Yeah. And you're getting the same value. It's how you want the delivery system. Yeah. Uh, this is also not that type of show. So I don't want to keep talking about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as soon as I grabbed the bag, I went, I made a mistake. I know. It's <laughs> like, oh, Jeff, you opened a Pandora's box. Or is it my fault for giving you that beer? I don't know. It's your fault. It's to <laughs> If it can be your fault, it's your fault. All right. I, you know what? I, I, I praise the blame. I want the blame. I want all of it. Be like, it's always John's fault. There you go. Not like only, that. not only blame me in the comments below, but go subscribe to Hops and Brews and blame him in his comment section. That's right. And you know, if anyone even Google's like a dank dust IPA, go look at the video results. Who's number one? <laughs> me. Uh, whatever. <laughs> you know what's uh, funny? You know what's funny is I am above their own video. Elysian's own video, and they have yep. like three of them out with their mixologists. I, I, I have mixologists. a number of topics on YouTube where you'll search for a topic, and I'm number one, and the company that provided it is number two. Like I know, I, I love it. I, I'm all that the way. Time. Yeah, I'm that way with a couple of Budweiser things too. And so it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, not that I promote Budweiser or anything, but it's just funny that I'm above their own product, and they're a multi-billion-dollar company. <laughs> all right uh jay last okay. last comment jd says it is craft computing we just say that it's just a craft um that's why i chose the word craft for my name is i wanted it to be all-encompassing about uh 
to to make with intention and great care is the definition of craft that I like. And uh, yeah, to to intentionally make something, to create something, to take great care in the creation of something. That's what I like. So there's, there's actually meaning behind craft computing. It's not just craft beer. It happened to just line up perfectly. I mean, crank computing just doesn't have the same ring to it, you know? <laughs> I, I thought you were going to go with dank computing. Yeah, dank computing. No, I, I figured that was too on the nose. Oh, okay. Well, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. As Ian points out, it is 9.50 or 7.50 if you live on the best coast. Uh, I require Strange New Worlds talk. Right you are. Uh, and we shall deliver. So... I think he's the only one asking for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll do the last ten minutes for Strange New Worlds. Um, so you watched all ten episodes. I watched all ten episodes. Okay. Um, joyfully. Joyfully. That, that... I I fully concur. Um, this was such oh. a magnanimous return to traditional Star Trek. Oh, to to eight to, to 90s and 2000s star trek oh, yeah. um because like there's a couple episodes where the fate of the enterprise hangs in the balance or there's a potential war breaking out and and christopher pike and or his crew stop it there's also a couple episodes where freaking nothing happens at all it's just dumb dumb stuff and it's so great. It's so great. And even the way they filmed it and handled it and the script, it was, it was great. It was great. I, I didn't realize for so long that that had been my criticism of Discovery is like day in and day out, the fate of the universe hangs in the balance. It's like you're, you're 50 years before Picard was even born. Like go sit in the corner. You don't know what the fate of the universe actually entails. Yeah. You, you don't know on what a narrow beam you walk. Um, and then the whole season is on that one premise. Too. Right. Right. But then we get strange new worlds. And in the first one, it's, it's seek out new life, new civilizations and make first contact. And, but relate it to present day, political and and socioeconomic yeah. things um where it's it's like you know our world was once like you we were at each other's throats and we killed each other over it we we committed mass murder millions of people died in in world wars over over nuclear wars and you know which which color skin was more correct and who you should love and everything else and and uh now we strive for you know seeking out new worlds new civilizations we we are yeah. explorers and, Still very, uh, very, and that even ties into a lot of the older originals, original series, right? Plus 80s and 90s and 2000 series too. Yeah, that same story, in its essence, has been told before, right? But they still did a really good job telling it. They did a fantastic job in the very first episode of like laying out the premise of Starfleet and showing a a bona fide real world example of why Starfleet exists. And I went, I love it. I love the way the season kicked off. And then you had a couple more episodes and, and it's like, yeah, there, there's some great stuff with the, with the Elysians, with, uh, with Una being like a genetically engineered human who's yeah. like three generations removed from it and well, what, just yeah, wants to I be like, a person. 
exactly. I liked it. Was okay. Here's here's the premise. Couple episodes of character development. Mm-hmm. With it within, there was the A story was the character. The B story was a mission. Mm-hmm. And that's what I also like. There was an A and B story. There's all these A and both. They had good no stories. problem taking forty minutes to tell you why uh, Una was the person that she is, yeah. or or why uh, uh, Leon Sung is the person that she is and what she's experienced and and what her current goals in life are yeah. and who she is as a person. Um, and then Elysian. That is the, uh, the, the fantasy book. Oh yeah. Oh my, that, that was the one I was even thinking of. Oh my the, God. The stupid stuff. I was like, it's so great because it is so back to old school, uh, uh, TOS, TNG, even DS9 yeah. of just, and, and what I thought the best part is that they didn't transform it into a holodeck episode type of a deal. It right. was, they took the set, which right. actually looked like a physical set and not a blue screen or green screen. Yeah. And they just decorated over it. Yeah. Horribly. They- but it was like this is perfect horribly looked- but also intentionally and exactly yeah and so there's like fake ivy hanging everywhere and fog draping the ground from oh, dry ice machines brilliant and, brilliant and and it was such good storytelling and 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 was, you've, yeah. you you you've got the doctor who slight spoiler alert here but um, his daughter has a genetic condition which is deteriorating and he's trying to find a cure for her. And so he's been holding her in a transporter buffer so her condition will not further deteriorate. And he's been holding her there for years. And he dematerializes her every once in a while so she doesn't the die in the transporter go, yeah, buffer. And the buffer doesn't go away. Yeah. Right. And so he can read her a bedtime story. And it's just like, like as a as a dad of, of girls like that, that tugs on my heartstrings, something fierce. But then this, this uh, entity inside of a nebula taps into the girl's mind, understands that she is alone oh, and yeah. afraid and, and everything else and goes, I want to play with her. I, I feel like this person would get along with me really well. So let's play a game. Let's like, let's live out your favorite book and turns the crew into these characters with the only two people uh, remembering that who they comment, are is yeah. is Hammer and the Doctor. And yeah. and the way it plays out is just wonderful. Oh, it's so whole, wonderful. That whole episode has so many uh, throwbacks. Again, you have the space entity energy that is a cognitive being and a child type yeah. thing, you know, a uh, heck even Futurama made fun of that. There's that in that episode. There is the whole, Hey, we're going back into a mystical, um, uh, medieval time, which yeah. is something that TOS did a lot in there. You know, we got to travel back in time or this planet that's still stuck in medieval times type thing. And how is horribly the, the decorative uh, aspect. It's also kind of a holodeck episode because people's cognitive, it was just all around fantastic. And at the same time, there was enough corniness in between the serious scenes. The yeah. actors, Captain Pike, I love, <laughs> I love the way he is portrayed because he did, oh. he is like, 
doesn't take himself seriously. He's not the the suave um, ladies man like Kirk is. He's not the uh, you know diplomat that Picard. Picard. Is. He's not the you know relegated hard ass that Cisco is. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's, he's the laid back, easy. Hey, let's all have fun. But hang on a second here, you know. But I, I want to throw a joke at the crew. Right. You know, he, he's I need the to break chef. the tension a little bit. He he's the bartender. He's literally a bartender. Yeah. He you know, I mean he's a chef. He ple he, he you know, he's kinda like that Cisco I have a chef, but he's kinda like the bartender. Hey, how's it going? I got a I got a joke for you today. Let's let's do these quirky lines. Yeah. That's kinda how he, he plays off. He's really good. Um and then that episode he plays the coward. Uh mm -hmm. the cowardly, you know, second hand man. Oh, it was fantastic. And that whole episode was great. Uh, I was going into it being like, ah, this is going to be probably the worst episode. It's it's probably top three of the season. Yes. No, uh, so my wife read the description of that episode, and she kind of knew what was going to happen. And uh, uh, she did that for a couple of them, including the Gorn episode. Um, and so in the description well, of... There was two of those. Uh, the last one. Okay. Um, so for those who don't know, the Gorn are a species that were prevalent in the original series, and we never really discussed them ever again. Uh, yeah. but they yeah. are, they're a, a race of like lizard like people. If you um, ever seen the TOS, the California rock, Kirk hitting, doing the double fist in the, well, I thought, the I thought that was where Raffi was holed up or no, that was where Riker got, oh no, that was where the Voyager crew landed. <laughs> No, that was where. <laughs> Sorry, they've that used that rock. Bill a lot. and Ted's what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So the Gorn are these bloodthirsty humanoid lizards who they're they're ruthless and they are uh, more advanced even than what the Federation has. Their weapons are more powerful. Their defenses are more powerful and they'll kill anything in their path. And uh, even showing a couple Gorn babies in this episode was freaking terrifying. Oh yeah, it was, it was half the episode was just aliens all over yeah. again. Yeah. And they did a good, not like a good job, not Spaceballs aliens. Right. No, like Sigourney Weaver aliens. Yeah. Like, like OG aliens, right. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, she made the mistake of reading the description. So she already knew kind of what was going to happen to one of the characters at the end. And uh, I'm I'm not going to lie. I welled up just a little bit at the end of that episode. He was a good character. I liked him. Yeah. So. Um, but overall, my gosh, uh, I had... Can I just say I had exceedingly low expectations for Strange New Worlds? Same here. Same um, here. I, I was going, I don't need a rehash of some of Star Trek Discovery's most hated characters. Uh, and that's kind of saying something. I, I don't need another reboot. I don't need another retelling. God, this is the third actor to play Spock. Like, what do you do? Yeah. And then they all came on screen. And I went, I'm home. It, it works again too. Back to the design. So I think the problem with like discovery was it takes place 50 years or, or so on before, you know, 25, I think actually before Kirk and the enterprise 10 and 10. 10. And 
they have holograms, they have these projectors, they have all of these fancy bunches, LED screens and everything. And the ship was just like, this This isn't the, the truck I remember. They shouldn't have the... If you look at even the set design of this Enterprise, it's still the big plastic glowing buttons. Yeah. Spock still has the viewfinder. Yeah. It's modernized a bit. Yeah. Not ever so slightly, but it's still like they're physically pressing manual switches. Yeah. It's fantastic. It, it's it's great. They're going into a return the to physical lift. controls. Yes. Yeah, they're going into the turbo lift and, and having to hold the handle just like in DS9. We're like, yeah. Uh, you know, deck nine. Oh, you got to hold the handle. Yeah. It's great. Computer won't answer you unless you're holding the handle. So it, it's all of these little details have been fantastic. I love to even the makeup of some of the older uh, alien races Ooh. are still Ooh. still pretty decent. Uh, Tanme wants to know out of 10 rate Discovery and Picard. What season of Picard and what season of Discovery? Or are you asking a whole? I think it's a whole. Um, as a whole, as a whole. Now, I I will fully admit I have not watched all of Discovery. I, I haven't watched all of Discovery either. Yeah. I only get, I, I made it to three and that's it. I, I didn't even make it that far. I made it like one and a half and then maybe one or two episodes of two all to, or of three altogether. Um, so I, I am not caught up with Discovery. I heard season three was a lot better better but i i really need to watch it for a full judgment but gosh where i'm at right now it's a four it's a four out of ten uh picard it's the worst it's the worst it's it's the worst star trek flat out and that's even the original cartoon i I was gonna say that's including the animated series um so picard I have said it's, I, I think the first season I gave a C minus and the second season I gave a B minus. And so we're sitting somewhere right around a C, right around a, a seven out of 10 altogether. Um, there's a little too like much. A, I, I give it like a six, five. Yeah. yeah okay. And so we're, we're nitpicking, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so seven out of 10 for Picard. There's a little too much fan service, but there's also some of the most wonderful bits out of next generation that kind of came to reality inside of that there uh, is there is uh specifically the season fan the season finales both one and two uh episode 10 on picard season one picard season two were nine out of ten i i want to say um, there's also a couple episodes inside of inside of each season that were like solid eights out of tens. There's also a couple fours in there. Like, like I'm yeah. not gonna lie, but overall, I enjoyed Picard. Uh, overall, I did not enjoy a Discovery. Uh, yeah. And and Picard certainly has some higher highs than Discovery does. Oh, I, I will definitely. Agree. And I think you and I will. We probably come to the very similar average on Picard, but we probably argue on which episodes were good, which episodes were bad, but our average as mm-hmm. a whole is very, very close to each other. Yeah. And so I, I think we can agree on that. Um, I do feel Picard could though, with this potential new season, the third season, uh, where it brings back the whole TNG cast, they really could, if, if they tried, honestly, I wish, I wish they almost had the, the strange new world writers. Boy, the, boy this this the re the reboot of TNG is what I'm gonna call it. I don't even want to call it Picard season three because you yeah. can't fire 95% of your cast and call it a season three. 
Um, the reboot of TNG, gosh, it could go one of two ways. It could be a, uh, it could be amazing, or it could be an absolute it dumpster could fire. And, and it could make Picard as a whole like a B B plus, right? Mate, you know, um, or it could bring it down to like a D plus. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. you are like if they go and like I'm gonna kill Riker, what? You know, or something. Right. Or I'm gonna kill Worf, or or Diana, or whatever. You know, I'll do all of these things of like, oh, or they just do the whole like, yeah, we just introduced this character for like 15 minutes in one episode. The next episode, here's another character. It's like, you're yeah. kidding me. Yeah. You built it, you know. Now, if it is a story about we need to get the crew back together. Right. There's something in the past that we need to fix that, or, you know. Yeah. Right. Or like, I, need, I need your special knowledge because you were the best at this and, and it's an outdated technology, blah, blah, yeah. blah, you know. Yeah. Can we at least admit that Lower Decks is one of the best tracks? Hell yeah, we can around oh, here. It is. And starts up next month. Yep, August 25th. Uh, no, Lower Decks is absolutely one of the best tracks of all time. If you're a Trek fan, you have to love Lower Decks. You have to love Lower a Decks. Any, any Trek fan of any age, you'll, there's a reference in there yeah. And you will laugh. Yeah. Yep. No, I I, I love lower decks. I, I, yeah. I'm a I'm a nine out of ten for lower decks. So oh, yeah. No, I, I it is it is easily a rewatchable. The only one I haven't it's, gotten past Did you know there is a subreddit for people who fall asleep to Futurama? Oh yes, I did know that one. Okay. I I, uh, I used to and, and my wife used to for like Five or six years, we would put Futurama on and then fall asleep. And we didn't know it was a thing. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, that's a thing. Um, Lower Decks has replaced Futurama in that life cycle. Ah. I, I have a few, you know. We've got like four uh, or five shows. We've got yeah. like Archer. We've got American Dad. We've got uh, Futurama. Lower Decks has entered that rotation and actually maybe replaced Futurama as one of the more go-to ones. Yeah, Top Gear is one of mine. I'll put I put Top Gear on. She can't fall asleep to any car shows. Like I, I'll I'll try uh, Roadkill or Faster with Finnegan or Top Gear or something like that. And I, I, uh, I put Top Gear. Can't. and My wife's asleep in five minutes. Yeah, no. She's like, oh, Jer or uh, yeah, she's like Jeremy Clarkson voice just puts her to sleep as he's describing a car. No, that they'll like, they'll do a burnout and it'll jolt her back awake. And oh no, and she's so, like, uh, she's just down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great for me because like, I get to watch the rest of the episode and I'm paying attention to the episode because oh I know what part's coming up it's gonna be funny right. so I never look over to see if she's asleep yeah <laughs> and so I'm like oh I'll watch the rest oh it's 15 minutes in oh well I got five more minutes I'll, I'll finish this yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah if if you are a Trek fan and in general as a sci-fi fan I think Strange New World is a great in all general sci-fi there's a, you know, you have to know a little bit of Star Trek, but there's really not a whole lot of, you know, I got to know all the past and all these back characters. In fact, mm -hmm. it's actually a lot of the start of a lot of the characters. We see Ohura and her backstory. Yeah. Um, Spock actually hasn't even gone through the whole process of his um, de-emotional, I forget what the classification they, yeah. they, they, they said, it, but he's not even gone through all that. That's, that's what the marriage process, which... At the beginning, I didn't like his character, but then once they explained that, I was like, oh, this makes more sense. Yeah. And I, I, I liked his character. 
Yeah. Um, so it's it's very interesting. You just need to know just the basics of Star Trek, and it's all around good stories. Yeah. No, I I fully agree. Um, there really wasn't an episode I didn't like in that yeah. whole the whole ten episodes. Um, like the. I think there was one that was a six. Like if I had to call like a low point, I would say a six. But when you figure the average score for Discovery was a four, we're on pretty good ground. Yeah. Well, yeah, in general too, the average, you know, how uh, how was the first season of all other Treks? Yeah. You know, um, my only disappointment, actually, I will, here's one critique. Mm -hmm. It was only 10 episodes. It was only 10 episodes, yeah. So um, there was actually a push to bring back the 22, 24 episode season. I wish they would. I wish they Strange would. New World. I wish they would. Um, so. I haven't said that about Discovery. I didn't say it about Picard. Um, it's hard to say it about Lower Decks. Uh, I could go for more Lower Decks. I could go for more Lower Decks, but but even 22 <laughs> or 24 is, I think, starting to push it. Um, 12, 15. Yeah, 15, I, th I think, is a good spot for Lower Decks to be. But Strange New Worlds, I want more. I want I want more of that. Yeah, Picard. I even could have said like that could have been an eight, eight episode. And yeah, I, I, I said it probably could have been six from the yeah. beginning. Um, and and I I think that about season two as well. Where yeah, uh, season two did a much better job of pacing, but it still felt like some of the sections were a little bit drawn out simply because they wanted to hit their forty two minute runtime. And yeah, I think that would have actually helped Picard if they dropped it to an eight or six season. Yeah, and and just picked it up, and it was like. Oh, I would have been more intrigued and more. If it was Obi Wan Kenobi, if it was six episodes and out, yeah, I'm on board uh, because it still yeah. told a phenomenal story, and and that's again where I have a leg up for Picard over Discovery is the overarching story of Picard was really good, uh, but both seasons. Um, so I enjoyed it. I don't necessarily think that I'll go back and watch all 20 episodes in a binge, but I think you know. 12 to 14 of them are certainly worth watches in the future. Yeah. So anyway, it is 15 past the hour. We are well over time. This has Woo. been Talking Heads, episode 244. Thank you for joining us here on Craft Computing every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing. Follow John at Hops and Brews on pretty much any social media platform that your heart desires. Make sure to like this video if you liked it. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Join the Patreon if you want to jump into the Discord server. And in fact, in about 15 minutes time, we'll be starting the after party where you can voice chat and video chat with me and John live. So we'll be on the air for like another 90 minutes or so. So yep. get on that. Hope to see you over there. And as always, we'll see you next week.